Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home of NARC Troopers. If you like today's episode, follow my podcast, my articles, vlog, merchandise. I have a book coming out called After the Narcopath, which is going to be coming out at the end of October, first part of November. It'll be a perfect Christmas gift because it's a collection of many, many articles on the subject of narcissism, antisocial personality disorder and psychopathy, recovery, and um, all that good stuff. So check it out. You can see all this at my website, which isn't quite, uh, it doesn't have quite the details on it yet, but it's coming soon. Narc Troopers. So today's topic is the Architects of Annihilation or impetus for improvement. You know, which is it? Your whole experience with this disordered person has turned your life upside down. And the narcopath, the narcissistic psychopath, burns everything to the ground. He sets your whole life on fire. So are they the architects of annihilation, just destruction? Is that what it is all about? Just pure, um, you know, disintegration, dismantling, uh, a complete undoing? Or is, is it an impetus for improvement? <laughs> now, I'm thinking it feels more like it's just the whole burning to the ground thing. But that's how it feels sometimes. In reality, it is an impetus for improvement. It's that push. It's that shove. It's that you have to look at your inner demons and inner injuries for yourself. And until you can resolve those and heal them and become whole and self-validating and all of that, then you're just going to attract more crazy people. And we know how that ends now. So that should be motivation that your whole experience with this narcissist could be the impetus, the catalyst, the thing that that compels you to finally do the work you need to do so that you can be healthy and you can attract healthy people into your life. So at the beginning of my journey, following this long marriage to my narcopath, I often thought to myself, if one more person comes up to me and tells me to embrace my loss and celebrate the freedom to learn and grow and create an improved version of myself, I swear I might just have to strangle them with my new and better strength. <laughs> I mean, there is a time and a place for measured optimism, but, you know, this didn't seem possible. 
there is even a new catchphrase that sort of names this uh, tendency to be overly optimistic in the face of something horrible, and it's called toxic positivity. And I hate that. You know, I think I'm more of a, I, I call myself a realist. Some people would say I'm sort of a cynic and a pessimist. I sort of expect people to let me down. Um, but it's also equally bad to be overly optimistic to the point that you're, um, you know, it's just not even possible. And it's kind of irritating for everybody because they're like, oh my gosh, come on. That isn't, you're not going to win the lottery. You're not going to meet Prince Charming and, and go live in a villa in the, in the French countryside. You're not going to make a million dollars before you're 30. Come on. Really? So the price we pay to love a disordered person and to remain in a partnership with them is that we live our lives in a theater of pain. I like that. I don't know if I've heard that and just internalize it or if I made it up, but I like it no matter, you know, either way, wherever it came from, we live our lives with the narcissist in a theater of pain. Yeah. Cause we're playing a role um, that does not resemble our true selves, our true ethics and identity and all of that. We are forced to compromise our values, sacrifice the ones that we love and settle for crumbs of respect and true compassion just to keep it all going. And the only way to salvation and self-preservation and to keep other relationships intact you know, with the rest of your friends and family and everything, the only way to do that is to exit the stage, you know, curtain down, not going to play this role. Narcopaths and arsonists, arsonists, <laughs> people who like fire, are pyromaniacs. Oh my, pyromaniacs. Yeah, they love to burn their whole life to the ground because you know, these cluster B folks are pretty self-sabotaging. That's another episode, but they are. Just when they get things going right, they'll do something to completely mess it up. Um, you know, they love, they love fire. And they like to just, you know, everything. Get the flamethrower and just torch it to the ground. Um, along with everything and everyone. And they like to start over all fresh on a brand new canvas. NPD can best be described as a delusional disorder. They erase history. Um, they experience full-on amnesia and or selective amnesia. And they rewrite what little history remains. They're like revisionist history people, you know? Part of that is due to um, dissociation and confabulation. I think I've done a talk on that before. Dissociation is, is they, they uh, disconnect from reality and deny the past. They have no memory. You have to genuinely connect to something um, and have authentic emotions to capture a memory that you keep because it's tied to emotions. Um, the narcissist can't do that because to, to them, 
you're not even a real person that you're like a, a paper doll or a toy or some flat one-dimensional construct. They just take a snapshot picture of you. And when they're dealing with you, they're not even dealing with a real person. They're dealing with some image of you that they have photoshopped to make perfect, to tell themselves that they have the best. They are the best. You are the best. All the best of the best. And it's not real. It's not real. So um, what do I want to tell you? So that's dissociation. They don't remember the past. They can't learn from the past because they don't remember it. They don't have, they don't, they don't have a past. They don't have a past. Isn't that just mind blowing? And they don't have a future. They don't think about the future of, you know, the new mantra. Everybody says, just live in the moment, live, live in the present, be mindfulness have mindfulness of right now practice being in the right now in this moment yeah i understand the value of that being in your body being focused being in the now yeah that's super but you also have to remember the past and learn from it and you also have to have forethought and think about the future if you have nothing but the present moment and nothing but the present moment like like there's no past and no future then you're going to be in trouble. So they dissociate and then they confabulate. They make up things and convince themselves it's true. They believe their own BS. They do. They convince themselves it's true so that they don't have to be accountable for their choices and decisions and the consequences thereof. They get off scot-free. They have no accountability they have no, it's not their fault. Nothing's ever their fault. Um, because when they don't remember something, they just make up something to fit the narrative that they want to spin, usually to get pity, usually to get somebody to feel sorry for them, because you can get a lot of supply when you tell people how horrible your life has been and how abused you have suffered and you've been so lonely and things have been so hard and yeah, then of course some poor sucker is going to come along and be like, oh, let me fix you. Oh, let me help you. Let me love you back to wellness. You know, a lot of us are like that, right? We sh- share that little problem. So um, they are delusional and they do erase history, have amnesia. They rewrite the past. They they dissociate they um, have the ability to erase things and people as if they never existed. And then they create whole new versions of them that they share with others. Um, It's very hurtful to the people that have been erased. You know, Uh, it's like just the worst. It feels really bad. I can tell you that. Um, So one possible explanation about why they do this, they have to murder you and destroy all proof that you ever existed. It's for self-preservation and uh, to avoid narcissistic injury and to avoid narcissistic mortification. And just last week I put out um, an article and a podcast on narcissistic mortification. So if you don't know what, what that is, please read that article. It was last week, came out, um, 
I guess that was around the first week of October. Um, yeah, it's on my website. It's on the, it's on Medium, and it's on my podcast list. I think I've put the podcast out. If not, I'm, it's coming up. It's already printed on Medium, though, if you want to read it. Things go on Medium first and then turn into podcasts later. Just so you understand the whole um, way that I do things, I write it, I publish it, and then I turn that into a podcast. So if you want to read something before it hits the podcast channel, it's on my medium.com page. Just go to progenpescatamedium.com and you will find all those articles. So let's, let's get back to this. This whole narcissistic injury and mortification, they're going to, you know, they, um, they're going to avoid this at any cost. Uh, the shame, the embarrassment, the feeling bad about themselves, you know, they just can't, well, you know, this happens when reality doesn't line up and match their magical thinking and fantastical version of themselves. When they don't go together and they see that, um, that is no bueno. You know, it's not good. They, they disintegrate. They fall apart. It's a very bad thing for them. So, um, so the, the person who has NPD continues to feel the same feelings they felt as they did when they were a young child. And most likely, most of the time, they were threatened or abused or criticized or denied or had something happen to them that was icky. And so they still feel that way and they make this false self to shield the vulnerable, um, hurt part of themselves. Uh, it's the protector, it's the deflector, it's the chameleon. I heard Sam Vaknin say something interesting. I was listening to him on the way to work this morning. And he was talking about how the, the true self of the narcissist is like a hive, a beehive. Because it has things coming in and out of it. And um, always under construction, always changing. Um, and, 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 and I was thinking about that. That's really true that the, the narcissist, their true self is, is constantly in flux. It's the, you know, it's almost like it, it, uh, is incapable of, um, functioning at all. It's been completely disabled. It's not like the narcissist is just divorced from his true self. He's murdered it. He's incapacitated it to the point where it doesn't function at all. And so he, builds this um, hive of all this activity where he puts all these different things together and he learns many very crafty and clever sneaky little skills of deception and seduction to get that supply. They're so good at that. So good at reading people. So good at listening. I always thought I want somebody who's going to listen and really hear me. And my narcissist was so good at that. He would listen to what I said, and then he would replicate it like a copy machine, and he would just reflect it back to me like like he felt the same way. It was really, uh, looking back on it, it was kind of creepy. <laughs> That's not a good thing, right? You don't want somebody who has no identity, no self, 
and they're just going to mimic you. Um, so the definition of the mortification is that it's the primitive terror of self-dissolution triggered by the sudden exposure of one's sense of a defective self, a defective true self. Um, and it is death by embarrassment and shame. And this causes the narcissistic injury, the wound, the fury, all of that stuff. It's like a snowball effect. The person with NPD is going to do anything to avoid facing this true self or any authentic feelings. Whew. So what do you do? What do you do about all this? Well, people with NPD uh, and other dysregulated individuals eventually bring out the flamethrowers and burn everything up, right? And so they have this scorched earth policy and they just don't leave anything standing. You're wiped out, extinguished, destroyed, just completely annihilated forever. Knowing that the end is going to be complete, like they're going to make it where you don't, like it's like you never, there's no evidence that you ever were a living, breathing person, much less related to them in any context, in any way. Everything you did with them, you know, I know people who've been with their narcissist for 20 something years and then, and then one day it's just like, they don't even know that person. Like there's like, it's a stranger on the street. It's the, just the weirdest, craziest thing. Like you just can't believe it unless you see it and witness it or experience it. It's unbelievable how they can just turn it off like that. Just boom, like 25 years together. Okay. Who are you again? Uh, I don't know you and oh yeah, you're the one who, and then they make up all this stuff that never happened. It's just, wow, what is happening here? It's kind of what you're thinking. Well, anyway, um, the partner that is connected to this person is going to, it's, it's going to be a bad outcome, right? And you get addicted to them. We've talked about how through intermittent reinforcement, all this mind fuckery, that you become addicted to them in a very addictive kind of way. And that, um, you know, you're going to fight to your last breath to hang on to them. And then when the discard comes, which it will, um, you know, it's just, um, it, it's especially brutal because of all that. Um, they say sometimes people that have been with narcissists, for a long time become sort of narcissistic. And then after they've been discarded, they cross all the way over and do that. And that's horrifying. I don't, it's, it's like, you know, being bit by a zombie, <laughs> you know, you don't want to turn into one, right? Cause that's kind of what this is. They infect you with their zombie virus. Uh, it's not COVID, but it's a zombie virus and uh, it eats your brain. And it makes you incapable of feeling all the stuff that humans feel. Um, it's pretty scary and serious stuff. Um, so when all this happens to you, your core neuro neurochemical features of trauma induced PTSD are going to kick in and kick your butt. You're going to kick in and kick your butt. Um, there's going to be abnormal regulation of serotonin and cortisol. 
amino acids, peptides, um, opioid neurotransmitters, um, dopamine, all of it's going to get all jacked up, messed up. And these things are in your brain circuits and they regulate stress and anxiety and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's just going to, you know, wipe all that out. Victims also have been spiritually, psychically, energetically violated. So in a sense, the relationship with this person is, it's like a soul rape and other kinds of abuse, you know, financial, religious, family, children involved, all of this kind of abuse. It's, it's, you know, it does, it's not just one, it comes in um, clusters and stuff. So most people being attacked from all these directions are going to say, you know, oh my gosh, how can anybody ever really um, deal with something like this? And the answer could be just in adjusting your attitude. You have to think of being erased as a gift, a do-over, a new beginning, tabla rosa, you know, um, it could be a good thing. You have to think about the properties of fire. Fire purifies, right? That's why it's in so many rituals. That's why they burn down a forest and it comes back stronger and it regenerates and it's a natural part of the cycle. Um, so maybe this, this whole thing needs to happen this way to get you to where you need to be. You know, living in a shared fantasy with this narcissist or psychopath, uh, it's good times. But then there's terrible times and it goes back and forth and back and forth. Um, and it's just, um, you know, living like that, it does, it, there's a price. It does a number on your brain. Um, this whole technicolor dreamscape seems so much better than the harsh light, light of reality and a conventional standard routine boring life. But it's not real have you heard people say, ooh, after being married or dating a narcissist for a significant amount of time that they're ruined for all other relationships because everybody else seems very vanilla, very boring, very, where's the sparks? Where the, where's the fireworks? Where's that intense, like heroin in your eyeballs kind of reaction to the person? You don't feel that in a normal relationship. You feel love and respect and um, you know, companionship and all these different things, trust, um, and all that. But that whole, uh, blow you away, sweep you off your feet, uh, kind of thing. That's a good sign. Something's off. Um, I think so. You know, there, of course there's always exceptions to everything, but as a rule, I would think that if you're just swept away by somebody that, that and it feels too good to be true hello it probably is it's probably uh, too good to be true so when all this bad stuff happens you have to kind of accept an opportunity to improve yourself and be better live better um all of that you know I, i'm not going to tell you it's easy because it's not um it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done but you can do it and you're going to be better for it. Man, I didn't want to hear that for like the whole first year. I was like, Oh hell no. 
do not tell me this. I don't want to do it. I didn't ask for this. I was perfectly fine in my fantasy with my psychopath. Leave me the hell alone. Stop telling me it's a good thing. Oh man, I hated to hear that. I was angry even about that. I was like, no, I want my life back. No, I want the fantasy back. I want my drug back, which was him. He was my drug. And, um, I didn't want to, I didn't want an opportunity to work on myself to heck with that. Um, so here's another tip. Gratitude. I know you get tired of hearing this. Everybody says, be thankful, express gratitude, practice gratitude. Yeah. You, you should be grateful. You have another chance to reinvent yourself and evolve into something substantial and real and, and, and not just simply settle for some supporting role in someone else's demented, delusional, musical extravaganza, you know, in the life of, the, in, in narc world. You don't want to live in narc world. It's like Disney world. It's like Wally world. It's like all those theme park worlds. It's not real. The rides are fun. It's great. It's a good time. Cheese on a stick. Yay. But you know what? At the end of the day, there's, it's, it's, it's not real. You got to go home. Um, you know, it's, um, it, it, it may be amazing and dazzling and sparkling and breathtaking, but it's not real. Um, so if you know it's fake and superficial and you just get lost in it cause it's so fun, um, you just got to remember that there's nothing behind all that fancy facades. So let me leave you with this. You got a choice. You can perish in these flames and fight back and try to fight and claw your way back to never, never land. And it's never, never going to happen. You're never going to get back to it because once the end comes with, with these people with NPD, they're done. And if they Hoover back around, it's never going to be what it was before. If they come back around and, and you'll go it for a second go, it's going to end up just the same, only worse. Everybody says that. Everybody. All the authorities, all the experts, all the professionals, and all of the people who actually did it, they say, warning, warning, do not do it. It's going to be worse than before. You're just going to be starting back at square one with your pain and suffering. So... You know, in a world that is increasingly perilous and unfair, it's become apparent that surrendering to this kind of death is unacceptable. We have, um, we have given too much. We've lost too much. We've loved too much. We've trusted too much. And we've done this with the wrong people for too long. So to give up now and to give in now would be an admission of defeat that allows a mentally ill hard-hearted, brain-damaged, developmentally challenged, forever child with zero integrity, no moral compass, and no capacity for genuine feelings like love or loyalty. You're allowing that person to ruin you and rob you of, of, you know, your right to live your life with respect and dignity. Think about that. I wish I had somebody who could have told me all of this while I was, you know, still in it so that I could have prepared for what, what's coming. 
And I wish I had had somebody to tell me all this right after it ended because I didn't know what the heck was happening. I was so confused about what, what, what this was because I'd never had anything like that happen before. What I felt, um, you know, I've had, I, I, that was my second marriage. I, I had a divorce one once before, you know, back in the eighties and it wasn't like this because it, he wasn't a narcissist and it wasn't like this. This is something, this is something weird and different. That's unexplainable and nobody can possibly believe it unless it's happened to them. You know, we have paid too high of a price and given too much of ourselves away at the cost of friends, family, jobs, money, security, everything that we hoped for and dreamed for. We lost it all. We can't let it end that way. You can't just, you can't just let it end that way. You have to be wiser, stronger, kinder, and better. You have to fight for that. It's not, you have to work for it. You know, we are capable of growth, love, forgiveness, vulnerability, hope, honor, fidelity, all the things that will never ever be something that that narcissist is going to understand or be able to experience. They can't. But unless you're a narcissist too, which, you know, that does happen, that narc on narc action thing, they get together and have some crazy relationship. I mean, I guess it's possible that some of you listening could have a personality disorder of your own, but I'm assuming you're a neurotypical average bear and that you've been sucked in and caught up in this vortex of, oh, whatever this is. And that, um, as, as that person, you know, that you are capable of healing. You are capable of recovery. You are capable of finding a healthy relationship. I'm assuming all of you are younger than me when I say that. But anyway, um, you know, we can learn, we can heal, we can mend, we can make peace with ourselves and protect ourselves. We can leverage the, the death of our former self and use it to have a second chance at life. That's something most people don't get, but we can be regenerated, reborn, reconstituted, repurposed, rehabbed, rehabbed. That's a word now, like a house, you know, you go in and tear out the guts and rebuild it. That's what we need to do, guys. Go in there and tear, just tear, tear, tear everything up and start over. That's what we need to do. Just a complete rehab. We need to get it like you would get a house and, and do all this rehab. That's what we need to do with ourselves. Um, and we live on, we survive, we rise up and we do it for those that care for us and we do it for ourselves. You know, we can't just accept this kind of death and, um, you know, we can heal and self-validate and we can become love and faith and power and strength and hope and vision and experience and truth and so much more. Uh, we can do it. We just have to claim it and own it and not be afraid to tell our story. You know, others are burning, suffering, indescribable pain and seeking sanctuary. And only those of us who were destroyed by this fire know the way out so that we can lead others to safety. You know, 
some people may say that's not how it works, but you know, I think it is. So let's do the rehab. Let's be resilient. Let's be the beautiful healers and helpers that we are. Because remember, we have been tempered by that fire. We have been burned by it. And so now we're, we're fireproof, right? We're like a precious metal forged in the fire. So we are strengthened and we are glorious and awesome. Hear that thunder? It's really thundering outside. So let's just think about that. Think about what we need to do. Seize the opportunity, you know. It's a, it's an, it's a do-over. It's a mulligan if you play golf. And it's a, a chance to resurrect and to create something totally new. I think we should take it, take the chance. And, um, okay, shine on, survivor, and keep trooping. <laughs> okay, bye.